maybe it looks different for you, but if this food thing, in air quotes there, is a challenge, and you know, right, that it's been a massive challenge for me over the decades, so I really am sharing this from a place of understanding and empathy and having been there. But if this food thing is a challenge for you, then there are ways to make it easier on yourself and even to make the food more enjoyable this year. And that's what this episode is all about. Welcome to the Yo-Yo Freedom Podcast. This is the place to learn actionable step-by-step tools and strategies to help you stop binging or overeating and start feeling relaxed and confident around food so that you can show up for your life on your terms. I'm Gemma Keys, and I know firsthand what it's like to feel out of control around food and trapped in the pain of binge eating and body shame. There is a way out. Keep listening to discover your path to food freedom. episode as it comes out. It's the beginning of December and finally, no one can say it's not okay to play the Christmas tunes. My favourite are those beautiful oldies from Frank Sinatra, Nat King Cole, Ella Fitzgerald and all of them and they are in my ears right now. So I hope you're enjoying some good festive tunes too. Although there is someone in my office who is already like, no, make it stop. So I guess that too. It all happens at Christmas, huh? Now, December, when it comes to eating, it can be a time that carries a lot of pressure and almost a sort of inevitability that the food's all going to get too much. We're going to eat too much, feel stuffed and probably regret it and maybe come down really hard on ourselves about it. Like all the voices inside our heads that say things like, I can't believe you've done it again, or you're an embarrassment, or sometimes something really mean, like you're nothing but a stupid fat pig. You know, all those super mean internal voices that can say awful things to us that we'd never dream of saying to anyone else because they're so unnecessarily cruel and cutting. So, Today, we're going to talk about what it's like to be surrounded by festivities and food and feasts at this time of year, and also how to find ways to enjoy it, like really and genuinely enjoy the food and whatever else is happening at your house or wherever you're visiting or whatever you're up to. Now, I know for sure that not everyone's experience of being surrounded by food is, well, is happy or easy or a relaxing time. And maybe you recognise yourself in one of these. This is going to be the year I get it right. Eat really well no matter what. I'm going to resist temptation and only eat the things on my good list. Or, I know... I won't eat in the morning, then I'll create a fasting window, but ah, lunch is late and now I'm absolutely ravenous and oh, those nuts look so good and now I'm stuffing them in my mouth and the chocolates and those truffles I was given as a gift, ah, help! Or, oh, I really love this food and I want to try a bit of everything and now my plate is like piled up but I love it and I'm going to eat it and I can't stop and I'm stuffed and now it's time for dessert and I really want that too. 
or it's a few days of visiting and everyone's made an effort to present some kind of special food and it really does look delicious and it feels impossible to say no. Or now I'm finally on my own and I've got all this food and there's no one here to tell me what to do and I just want it all. Or there's that huge chocolate selection tin that only comes out at this time of year. This was always a totally alluring but also terrifying sight for me. And it was even worse because the coffee creams were my favourite and no one else even likes those. So there were always so many left in the tin just calling my name. Maybe it looks different for you, but if this food thing, in air quotes there, is a challenge, and you know right that it's been a massive challenge for me over the decades, so I really am sharing this from a place of understanding and empathy and having been there, but If this food thing is a challenge for you, then there are ways to make it easier on yourself and even to make the food more enjoyable this year. And that's what this episode is all about. Some of the ways, of course, will be about trial and error, looking back at your own experience, either as recently as yesterday or looking back at prior years and noticing what's worked for you and what hasn't what felt good and what didn't, and what you might like to try next. And as always, I really want to encourage you to give yourself permission to gravitate towards what feels good for you, what sort of settles with you as feeling right. So anything I suggest that sounds awful or just wrong for you, please, please put it in the nope, that's not for me bin and move on. This podcast is never about telling you what to do. It's about uncovering, well, let's use unwrapping just to be seasonal. So it's about unwrapping the present that is you, everything that is authentic and unique about you so that you can find the right fit and what genuinely feels good for you in your life. So Here are some suggestions that you can pick and choose from to see which appeal, to see which give you a feeling of sort of openness and possibility and resonance in that they feel good and you can sense that they might bring something new to this holiday season that you'd like. And perhaps you might like to just choose one of them to try this year or maybe more, but my suggestion is just pick one that you think will make a difference and practice it and just see if it works for you. So here they are. The first is to plan to eat some of your favourite foods, whether it's mince pies or turkey and stuffing or chocolate log or, I don't know, apricots in brandy or whatever that almost irresistible treat is for you. Planning to eat that food is a totally different experience to eating it on the sly, sort of sneaking it guiltily and telling yourself you really shouldn't be eating it or cramming it down when no one's looking. This way, this kind of planning in advance means that you can anticipate it, you can know that you're going to get it so you don't have to resist it or feel deprived and if you actually give yourself mental permission to eat the food you can also slow down and enjoy it, maybe eat it with other people, really savour every bite instead of eating it in that stuff it down frenzied type of eating that you might be so familiar with and I know for sure I am. 
I've actually already planned my Christmas pudding with brandy butter, like so far in advance, eh? but that's how my brain works. But I can't wait to eat it with my dad, who's the only other person around who even likes it like I do. And it's so different from the way that I used to feel about that kind of sweet, indulgent food at Christmas time, which I usually ended up eating in secret and eating way more than a single portion, that's for sure. The second suggestion is about setting yourself up for the day, starting the day in a way that feels, well, how you want to feel. You'll probably already know a few different ways to start the day that feel good for you. Maybe it's coffee and a walk or poached eggs for breakfast or I like creating those smoothies packed with all sorts of weird and wonderful ingredients that just give me a boost. But maybe for you, it could be a stretch or yoga or a few words in a journal or a cuddle with your pet. But have a think about it. What do you notice sets you up best in the mornings? Because it can end up continuing to support you well into the rest of the day. These next two reminders are short and sweet. And the first is to drink lots of water. I promise you'll just feel so much better for it because staying hydrated impacts hunger and cravings, your mood and energy levels, and all in a positive way. And the next one is get snoozing because along with drinking lots of water, getting enough sleep is the other major physical cravings buster along with the great benefits of mood and energy. But in the holidays, staying up late with a glass of wine or because you're out at a social thing or being woken up at the crack of sparrows by the kids, sleep can often be, well, more of a dream. But getting a bit of extra ziz whenever you can, think sneaking in a bit of shut eye in a quiet moment, but just those moments of rest can be a recharge, which means that you're that little bit less likely to turn to the Christmas chocolates or pretzels or cookies for an energy boost. And a snooze can also create a pause, a little quiet time away from it all, which is especially valuable if you're an introvert and you recover when you have a little time to yourself. Shutting your eyes for a few minutes can make that little bit of time to settle and rebalance your nervous system or reset your energy so that you feel more grounded and then ready to go again. This next suggestion can be especially helpful when it comes to eating because you feel trapped or out of your comfort zone or just put about or overstretched by all the activity or people or demands on you that are happening all around you. And It's to switch from those assumptions that start with, I have to do this thing or be in that place or be with those people, but switch it round from I have to, to I'm choosing to. So to explain that idea more, and this really is one that's worth listening to because it can be so beneficial and really change an experience and change how you feel around what's happening around you and the food around you. So so do keep listening to this one. But to explain the idea more, many people who struggle with overeating or binging, just using food to get through, have that feeling of being trapped in a situation of having to do what other people want or demand of them. And things like being stuck at a Christmas party or 
a festive family gathering or a round of visits or having visitors descend on you. But almost always, if that's happening and you really get down to the bare bones of it, there's likely to be a way out, even if there's no way you'd ever take it. But there's always, really, a possibility of something like feigning sickness and staying home alone in bed all day or saying, nope, I don't want to come, I am done. And people might be upset, but those options are actually still there. But I'm guessing you might not want to take those options, right? And there's a part of you that actually wants to go to the party or to get together or whatever the thing is. So if you choose to go, it's just so helpful to recognise that part of you that wants to, for whatever the reasons are, and to almost give it a voice. It might say something like, I don't like travelling at Christmas and staying in someone else's house, but I really want to be with my partner or my sister or the kids, so I choose to travel so that I can be there with them. Or, yes, Aunt Susie is probably going to comment on what I'm wearing or my love life, and I know it's coming. She's got no filter, and I know I'm going to feel embarrassed and probably blush and then feel outraged with her, but I'm still going to go because it's the only time of year we all get together, and, well, my mum gets a bit nervous about it, and I want to be there for her as much as for myself. Or even... I want to be the kind of person who goes to these events so that when they stop happening or when some of the people aren't there anymore, because that's going to happen at some point, right? Well, I won't regret not having been there. Whatever the situation you find yourself in, whoever you're with or you aren't with, this shift can work wonders to ease that feeling of being powerless and trapped. And it can give you a totally different experience. For example, instead of trying to squish down those feelings of resentment or being trapped or somewhere you don't want to be, which usually lead to something like withdrawing from interactions with other people and being kind of standoffish or getting snappy and fighting and getting into arguments or my default, which used to be to sink into silent moodiness and sulking, which I'm not at all proud of and I still cringe at and I'm cringing right now as well. Or Maybe for you, it's feeling tired and lethargic or ending up smiling through gritted teeth while you dream of escaping to the garage with the rest of the chocolate log. And it just doesn't feel good, does it? For you more than anything, but probably also not for anyone who happens to be around. But the simple reframe of acknowledging that it's your choice to be there for whatever reason you have... And the recognising of the benefits and bonuses for you of making that choice, as well as what's challenging about it, just knowing your why behind what you're doing is just so incredibly helpful in changing what it's like to be there and just feeling a little bit better about it. My next suggestion is to let go of the idea of having a complete about turn and transformation in the new year and who hasn't had that at some point right but 
The reason for that is the idea of the 1st of January being the golden start of perfection can lead to an, oh man, well, I better make the most of being able to eat whatever I like while I can. And I'm guessing you're pretty familiar with where that goes. Obviously, me too. But feeling better and making changes really is most successful when it happens in small increments because that's the way it can be built into your life and it can truly last. January the 1st isn't a magical date or a new year, totally new, different you. And thinking of the next two minutes can be far more helpful. It really can be that short a time, like what can I do for these two minutes or whatever time you'd like to use, 30 seconds or five minutes or 10 minutes, I don't know. But how can I take care of myself now? It could be something like going to the bathroom for a couple of minutes to take a breath and regroup and maybe give yourself an ironic smile in the mirror at what you're going through right now. Or to step outside or hug your favourite person or pet, to drink that glass of water or to load the dishwasher. I mean, (laughs) there's a moment of peace right there, right, in that dishwasher. I definitely find that. Or it could be to decide to really enjoy whatever it is you'd like to eat, to savour every bite and to eat it slowly. Or to take those couple of minutes to pause and check in with yourself and say in your mind, hey, how are you doing? What's going on for you right now? How can I help? What do you need? Talking to yourself in the third person like that, it's not crazy at all. It creates that little bit of space and love, which can actually make all the difference which leads nicely on to this final focus that can be so very supportive and that's to go easy on yourself. If you can, be so very kind as if you were talking to a little version of you aged about five or six. Let yourself feel how you feel. Acknowledge it and let it make sense and be okay exactly as it is. That's easy when you're feeling happy and relaxed or having fun and feeling engaged and all those good feelings, right? But it's even more important to be kind and nurturing when the feelings aren't quite so sparkly perfect. To let it be okay in those times when you might feel tired or bored or irritated or overwhelmed or disappointed or sad or distracted when you feel left out or lonely, anything like that, just noticing and acknowledging what's happening for you makes such a big difference rather than trying to suppress it or pretend it's not there or trying to force yourself to be different. Letting your experience, whatever it is, simply be there and finding why it makes sense can be an absolutely huge relief and one of the most profound gifts you can give yourself. By allowing yourself to be and feel exactly as you do, you can open to a possible, hmm, and if that all makes sense and it might be okay, what now? Perhaps a shift to it's okay to feel like this is just what you end up needing, what you've needed all along even, 
especially during all the full-on expectations of the silly season. So those are my suggestions for you to experiment with, a selection box of different ways to pick and choose from to help and support yourself over the next three or four weeks, no matter what December looks like for you or what any day of the year looks like, actually. And here's a super quick reminder of this new style selection box. Hmm, I've got to stop with that. <laughs> with the puns. They're not that funny, really, are they? But still, I can't help myself sometimes. But number one, plan to eat something you'd really like. Number two, start the day in a way that feels good and perhaps gives you a little bit of a boost. Number three, drink lots of water. And number four, get snoozing. Get those Z's in. Number five, switch any I have to do this assumptions to I choose to do this because and just let a reason come up for you. Number six, let go of the idea of having a complete transformation as soon as January the 1st hits. And number seven, be kind to yourself. Let it be okay and make sense to be and feel and do exactly what you do. When you can look after yourself in these small ways, ways that are gentle and nurturing and probably invisible to most other people, they act to create a sort of comfort and soothing message to yourself like, I've got you, I'm looking after you, you're worth taking care of, we're going to be okay. That message of acceptance and support and love that so many of us long to get from someone else. But really being that person for yourself, it means there's less need to try and create an escape or needing to self-soothe or calm your clamoring nerves or stress-induced cravings through eating. And as well as helping you get through this crazy, sparkly, full-on season, trying on these suggestions can be the start of kindness and understanding and genuinely looking after yourself that's so fundamental to changing your relationship with food. It really can begin in December. Who knew? And just a reminder, if you'd like more ideas for the very best step-by-step starting points to move toward feeling more comfortable in yourself and in your life without needing to rely on the kind of food you really wish you didn't eat and you didn't need to sort of get through, you can download my free guide, The Eight Essential Skills to Break the Binge Eating Cycle. Just go to the show notes for this episode at yoyofreedom.com forward slash 24. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast for more insight, tools and support as you pull back from binging and overeating and step into your most authentic, vibrant life. If you found this episode helpful, it would be wonderful if you'd take a moment to rate the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast on whichever platform you listen on. Thank you so much. Bye-bye for now.